Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Content Etc. Today is another interview that I should have released last year, but life got in the way and as you know, I stopped the podcast for a little bit. So this is another chat that is pretty timeless in that we are talking about websites and how to get the most out of DIY website design, which to be honest is where a lot of us are at when we're starting out. Getting custom branding for your website or custom website design is a really big investment. And I know myself, I wasn't ready to make that for a long time. And if you're in the same boat, that's completely fine. So Dominique Marshall from DMARS Designs joined me to have a chat about how to get the best out of your website if you don't have the budget for a really amazing flashy website, although Dominique also does amazing website builds. But what we're talking about today is how to make the most of what you've got and the little tweaks and easy things you can do to build a brilliant website yourself out of a template or on Squarespace or WordPress, working with what you've got to make your website an important part of your business. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because websites are so essential to our online businesses, even to bricks and mortar businesses. It's so essential. How many times do you Google something first before you go and visit in person if they've got a shop in person? I know I Google everything first. So the website is really like the shop front of your online business. And we want to make sure that it is working for you. We never, ever, ever want to just rely on social media. And obviously in this podcast, I talk a lot about other forms of marketing, but for me, the heart of everything is your website. So I really hope that this chat is helpful for you. Make sure you've got a notebook handy because Dominique is spilling so many tips and I know that it's going to be super, super inspiring. Enjoy. Dominique specializes in Squarespace website design, which I love because I love Squarespace, but a lot of the things that we're going to discuss today aren't necessarily like platform specific. So whether you're on WordPress or Wix, you know, it's sort of more the just the general strategy around your website that we're going to be talking about. So with that, I will hand over to you, Dominique, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what your business is and also just like how you've evolved over the last few years too. Oh gosh, yeah. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I basically run Themars Designs. I work with Solid 
driven female business owners to help them elevate their online presence. And I do that through strategic branding and Squarespace website design, like you mentioned. Um, I also work full time as a UX designer. So my brain is just always websites and all things like that. Um, <laughs> it's just nonstop for me. In terms of how I've evolved, I think before I started running my business as a business, I was more so like a graphic designer, web designer. And over time, I've kind of brought in more of the branding aspect, brought in hand lettering as well. And yeah, it's just kind of just evolved naturally from there, just according to what I've enjoyed working on the most. So yeah, it's been it's been a fun three years. <laughs> I realized the other day I've been running it for three years properly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and like I think that's the best way to grow too. That if you're pursuing what interests you, then you're not gonna get bored of it and you're still exactly. gonna just enjoy what you're doing. So that's the best way forward. So I guess the first thing that we should do is sort of talk about when you're getting set up with a website. Obviously, if people would like to, you know, work with you going to give some details about that at the end but so many of us when we're starting out you know we're doing it on a bit of a shoestring sometimes we're like right we're just got to try and do it ourselves with maybe like a basic Squarespace or WordPress like template how can we make the most out of that and make sure it's still like serving our business in the best way possible (laughs) spoiler alert when I really got going I started with a template as well just because I wanted the stress off my back <laughs> it's just when you're a designer it's so hard trying to get your own website going so one first thing I would say is don't be afraid to use a template don't feel like you need to start from scratch and I guess before you even start thinking about the visuals of the branding really get to grips of understanding like if you've got something basic already set up really get to grips of understanding if it's currently truly representing your business and where you are right now. I think it's common to create a website in the beginning, set it and forget about it and think that it's just going to make you all the money in the world when in reality, that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I recently, I recently went through this process, not that I ever thought it was going to make me all the money in the world, but (laughs) it was that, it was that thing of where you make those little tweaks over time. Maybe your business grows and changes, but you haven't quite changed everything on your website because you don't want to start from scratch again. So I really did go back to basics and and look at every every page and every aspect. And even then I've still got stuff that I'm like, oh, I better, I better change those things. So it's helpful whether you're starting out or whether you're listening to this going, oh yeah, actually maybe what I've got isn't quite right for me where I'm at in my business at the moment. It's probably something we need to review like every couple of years anyway. Yeah, totally. Because it's it's one of those things where we need to kind of remember that websites are like a living, breathing part of our business. And like they work, they can work for us 24-7. So you want to make sure that it's working for you in the right way and that you're not like, that you don't have like a website in one corner that you did like a year or two ago and you haven't touched since. And then you've got everything on social media and then when you go between the two, you're like, oh, hold on a minute. These don't match. Like, And then when you think about it from your client or your customer's perspective, they can get confused as well. So it's definitely important to try and review it as much as possible. And don't feel like you need to change every little thing, like every single week, because obviously you want things to have the space to actually work for you and actually see if it's working and then you can improve it. So Yes, like things like reviewing your copy, your tone of voice, just seeing how your voice, if if you've written like how you speak and like asking other people that you know, how is it coming across when they read your website copy, um, checking that your current services are reflected on your website, 
your values, how you help your customers, et cetera, et cetera. And also just make sure to see whether these things are actually really clear on your website or whether they're quite vague. As it's always better to be transparent and clear rather than wishy-washy and hoping that people will understand who you are and why they should care. And I guess also a big part of it is your branding and just making sure that that's consistent across everything, like your colors, your fonts that you're using, making sure that those are actually aligned with the vibe that you're wanting your business to represent as well. Yeah, there's quite a lot of bits to check here and there, but it's always better to know what you've got out in the world rather than forgetting about it and be like, oh crap, this isn't how I want my business to be represented. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it does seem like a big job if you have built that website over a few years. Seems like a huge job to go and change it, but it is really important because like you say, it is working in the background for us 24-7, you know, people are landing on that at any time and it's really like the first point of call. And in terms of like if if you're listening to this and you haven't got a website yet, as you said at the start, you know, it's totally okay to use those templates. Do you find that, you know, um, obviously you and I both love Squarespace, um, (laughs) but do you find that most websites, most of them will have a template that's sufficient for for a business to start with yeah definitely and I think that there are also loads of designers who actually sell Squarespace templates and they design them in a way that any business can use them well not any business but usually quite a large number of businesses can use them and tweak them to match what they actually need so yeah and it's it's one of those things where if a designer has designed the template there should have been a lot of thought behind the structure of the pages the pages that are available etc etc to kind of take that stress off of your plate you just need to plug in your content and away you go and again it's one of those things where you can set up a template and it can work for your business but again just keep reviewing it and just making sure that it's as up to date as it possibly can be for you yeah and so actually would you say that if people are starting out and are a little bit intimidated by the whole sort of oh what do I do like a template sounds like it's really the best way to go just so that you, you can get started and you can start to build yeah. that website presence. Because it's one of those things where I think people, when they want to create a website, they always think, oh, it needs to be perfect before I launch it. It needs to have all of these things before I launch it. When in reality, you can just have a one-page website that's got who you are, what you do, who for, a contact page, a contact form, and that's it. You don't necessarily need all of the bells and whistles when you're starting, but I think that's a, a conception that, is talked about so much that people kind of think that that's the 100% true thing that you need to do when in reality it's really not. (laughs) Yeah it's just sort of get started and take that imperfect action really. Exactly. Um, So let's dive into some of the more like nitty-gritty stuff of our web page. So obviously homepage one of the most important things I assume Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's our it is the first thing that people see it's like the shop front of our business what needs to be included on our homepage so I realized I wrote a blog about this about a year ago (laughs) I mean I I did go back through your blog for some research on this (laughs) But I was like, what kind of stuff? So this is why blogging's great, isn't it? <laughs> it is, long-term value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for anyone that hasn't read that blog, you can check out my website, but I'll plug that later. Um... Uh, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to link to that. I, I will link to that stuff as well so you can go and read the full post. But, yeah, I just thought it's, it is something that's worth having a chat about. Yeah, so I guess the first, the five must-haves, I like to call it. Number one is your mission statement. So literally as soon as people land on your homepage, they should be able to get an idea of 
everything you're about. So who you are, what you do, who you work with and why. They're basically there on your homepage to see if you're if you had the solution to their problems. And this is where your mission statement is super powerful to make sure that it's there right at the top of the page. Don't hide it because it's it was it's essentially like the first impression that you can make when people land on your website. And I only recently fixed this myself, like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm the words, but like, it's one of those things to, again, intimidating to do, but hopefully if you put the time and effort into it, you'll have something that can stick around for a long time. Yeah. But it, it's hard, isn't it? To be it's like, hard. What's, something, <laughs> what's something that's catchy and sounds enticing, but also says what I do and, you know, sort of sums everything up, especially if you've got a few different strands of your business as well. Mm. Um, so I definitely mulled that over for like a good few, maybe even like a month or two. I just was ticking over some ideas of how do I say this? Um, and I think I will, I will link to a particular podcast episode that I listened to from the team who um, wrote the story brand, building a story brand book. Um, mm. I listened to a really interesting podcast episode, which, which was all about coming up with those taglines. And they sort of um, said, you know, think about what is it that the customer gets at the end? Like what's the transformation for yeah. them um, and how can you say that for them rather than like you know I do websites you know mm-hmm. like you said it, it's more like how how does, does that actually help them in their life and what do they kind of walk away from I, I mean I hope I've done that with mine um, but and it, it, it is hard and it's probably something you can still tweak in everything um, but they gave a really great example of some uh, they did a little fun example of I think the host's nieces were selling some flowers at a garage sale, like on a table, and they came up with the um, the phrase like "joy in a jar." Because, like, what do you get when you oh, give like flowers? That. Like, it's a joyful thing. So, I just how him explaining how they came up with that, I was like, "Oh, this makes so much sense." So, I will include a link to that in the show notes because people might find that really helpful. Because it that is hard. That is a big yeah. task to do. Yeah. <laughs> and especially, yeah, like you said, when you're trying to condense it into like a really short sentence rather than making it essay length, it is really hard, but it's so impactful when you get something that just works. It's, yeah, it's hard, but it's worth the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So second thing I would say, uh, high quality on brand imagery. There's no denying that images can make or break your website. And the last thing you want to do is turn off your idle clients with bad quality imagery, especially if you're aiming to make a good first impression, because first impressions count. If you're not able to invest in a brand photo shoot, that's totally fine. There are so many free stock imagery websites you can make use of, and even stock imagery memberships as well. If you've got the budget on the lower end, you can use one of those. You also don't want to pick your images willingly. You really want to make sure that they reflect your business, how you want to be represented, and how you want your website visitors to feel. Because I think one thing that can be missed is that emotions play such a big part in how people feel about your business and whether they want to work with you whether they feel like they could actually feel excited about working with you as well and the images can play a massive part in that so say you're a really bold colorful business then your images can be really vibrant really I want to say sunny <laughs> essentially yeah just like yeah. really warm and inviting really like yeah. a party essentially whereas if you're a wellness brand you might want to convey a sense of calm and balance of feeling grounded and then You'd want to aim for images that are softer, include more natural colours, just to help you convey that feeling. We've got testimonials. People trust people. 
So testimonials <laughs> will help you to build trust with your customers and prove that you can actually deliver what you say you deliver. Again, another thing that I was like, I, I was like, why didn't I not have any of this on my homepage? And I think, <laughs> I think though, like, especially as women, I think often we're sort of, we feel reluctant to share our successes like that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about you, but when I get a client testimonial back and it's really nice, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But are they sure? Like, oh, is this like, I do get a little <laughs> bit of that like, it. oh my God. Yeah. And it, it does feel a bit like you don't want to, you don't want to be like, oh my God, everyone, I'm amazing. Like I'm not that sort of person. But then, you know, when I stepped back and look at, looked at my website again, I don't have any like website mm. design training, but I was like, you know, reading blogs like yours and stuff and looking and being like, okay, what what would my client think if they landed on this? And yes, testimonials are so important, like so, so yeah. important. But even if we feel a little bit like, oh, sharing them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I know people, some people will say, oh, testimonials, I don't believe that they're true. But then if you go like, on someone's social media or their Facebook page or anything like that and you see that same person from the testimonial talking about your work they're like oh okay this is actually a real a real thing they haven't just made these testimonials up <laughs> so yeah. yeah it definitely can have a massive positive impact to see how you've helped other people transform their business whatever it is that you actually do versus there you got a way of opting into your mailing list yes this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because it's it's one of those things where diversifying where your business lives is so important as you really don't it's, it's a cliche at this point but you really don't want to put all your eggs in one basket because when that basket breaks that's your business gone essentially yeah no yeah you'll be able to find you anywhere else if you haven't got your business anywhere else <laughs> yeah so and I think again we see email marketing as this big scary thing that only big businesses can do when they've got massive marketing departments and all these things but in reality it's really not true like if you can create content for social media then you can create content for emails it's not you don't necessarily need to see it as this whole other ecosystem that you need to create all of the content for it's all about repurposing as much as possible and saving yourself as much time as you can <laughs> this is something yes. that I definitely struggled with for ages <laughs> and I'm just getting around to really properly repurposing content because it just takes so much stress off your back for example you can create a piece of content send it to your email list first and then post it on social media like a few days after you can just start with that basically and then as you get used to sending emails and building those more intimate connections with people you get to really start to think about email as its own thing and be a bit more exclusive with it if you want to share a bit of different value compared to where you, what you share elsewhere etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's definitely worth setting up an email list even if no one has subscribed yet just keep sending emails to yourself yeah yeah start somewhere take that imperfect action and just get a mailing list done <laughs> yeah definitely um, and i guess the fifth one i would say is call to action buttons <laughs> it's so important to take your website visitors on a journey and the first thing you can do is to make sure that there are buttons to other pages on your website and you don't want to leave them hanging otherwise they'll they will just click off because they won't know where to go next so you want to be super clear with your call to action buttons and make them easy to spot as well you don't want to 
hide something really important like contact me if you want to book a discovery call and like put it really tiny underneath a paragraph text. <laughs> and I think that's another thing like we feel uncomfortable as with the testimonials we feel a bit uncomfortable being like buy my thing but yeah. the reason people are coming to our website is to find out about us and it does like when you say it like that you're like oh yeah like it is actually you know they're looking for a solution to a problem so mm-hmm. we should be there being like hey I can help you with this and you know you don't have to do it in a pushy way or anything but yeah adding adding buttons it's such a simple thing but I think we have yeah. we get we get in our own heads around it of like oh I don't want to I don't want them to think I'm pushy um exactly. I would, <laughs> I would just ask like what what if you're right at the start of your business and and you don't have anything like for sale yet what would you do with those call to action buttons is it can you still take people to other parts of your website yeah totally like if you've got say an about page for example or you've got a contact page that's separate from your home page you can easily send them to those or even if you just got a one-page website those call to action buttons could go to your social media links for example if you're always there just giving them that option to explore your ecosystem essentially not just keep them on that one page (laughs) yeah because I think also like back when you know websites started getting big and every business got a website and stuff and some of them unfortunately I still come across where it literally is just like a page that never changed and it's just like a separate little page almost like a flyer Mm. of like our opening times and stuff and you're like oh but how do I book what now (laughs) or yeah like what's the next thing thank god most websites aren't like that anymore but then when you do come across one you're like oh wow like (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah and I think it's it's one of those things where we might like to think that people will read every single word on our website but in reality they don't they skim read so the easier you can make your call to action buttons to spot the better they will work for you so that's why I always say like if it's an if it's an important action that you want someone to take make it bold obviously don't make it take make it fill up the whole page because that's just unnecessary but (laughs) yeah don't be afraid to have call to action buttons on your pages definitely what are some of the other pages you mentioned they're like before an about page and a contact page are there any other pages that you know we really should include when we're just starting out legal pages like a privacy policy page and terms and conditions etc etc so essentially if you're collecting email addresses in any way whether that's through a mailing list or people are contacting you via a form you legally by law need to have a a privacy policy and right now it doesn't feel like there's any excuse not to have one because there are so many generators and lawyers that actually are selling templates to help small businesses out with these pages so you don't necessarily need to write them from scratch you could just fill in your business details pop it on a new page on your website and you're sorted <laughs> just, excellent yeah, yeah yeah it's definitely one of those important things that I think we forget to have and we're like well what, what do I do <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it's not a template again <laughs> make yeah. life easier for yourself always make life yeah. easier for yourself I guess another thing you could have is a page for your services or your shop obviously because you want to especially with services you want to give people the opportunity to find out a bit more what you're selling what's available to them what results are you going to help them to achieve again your it's your website space you could be as detailed as you as you want to be compared to anywhere else that you might be on the internet so don't be afraid to spell it out word for word what it is that you can do for people and how you can actually help them in their business or their lives also a blog I know people hate blogs because <laughs> again they find them so difficult <laughs> we love blogs we love, we love blogs, blogs yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, blogging is amazing. And every listener will know what I think about blogging. So yeah, adding a blog <laughs> is excellent. Yeah, and I would say again, too, like if you have a podcast, but not a blog, um, then do a page for your podcast, podcast and put your show yeah. notes out as blog posts. Yeah. Like again, yeah. Like even if you've yeah, got a YouTube so channel easy. as well. Yeah. Just put, yes. put all of, put everything that you, that you create. Yeah. Repurpose those videos. Just don't be afraid to repurpose. It's such a impactful thing for you and your time, honestly. <laughs> so what are some of the big mistakes that you see people making when they're doing their own DIY website? What what do we need to avoid? Oh, there's, there's quite a few. <laughs> I, won't, I won't ramble too. <laughs> your pet, what are your pet peeves? <laughs> what my pet peeves? Uh, top pet peeve would be not optimising for mobile phones. <laughs> it's probably yeah. one of the biggest mistakes that I see because I think we tend to see websites on, well, when people are sharing websites, we tend to see the desktop view where it's all beautifully laid out and all of these things. But then we forget that people realistically browse on their phones. I've definitely seen it many times where people will design a website for desktop and then just before they're about to launch, they're like, oh crap, I haven't looked at this on my mobile. And then looks at it on the phone, it just, it's nothing is where it needs to be. It doesn't make any sense. So it's essentially imperative to make sure that you're checking your website on a mobile whilst you're in the process of creating it, just so you know that it is responsive, it's easy to navigate, people can find the information that they need to find if they're browsing on the phone. Yeah, and not leaving it last minute because it is an absolute headache when you do that. I mean, because that's the thing, isn't it? Again, we might be designing it on our desktop but then you know we go and google something on our phones and we we forget there's that disconnect isn't there between like what we're doing in our business and what we do as users and as Mm. customers and what we expect and I think it's just remembering as you're doing the website to be like okay but if I was a customer what would what would I want and what would I be doing yeah yeah totally Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's so much around that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so important. Um, other pet peeves. Uh, using too many fonts is one <laughs> and feeling like you need to use all of the colours in the world when you really don't. <laughs> um, essentially, you only really need to use a maximum of like two to three fonts and maybe three to five colours. Um, again, like I was saying before, you want to make sure that the fonts and colors that you do choose reflect the vibe that you want your brand to come across as so like you don't want to be using big bold flashy fonts if really your business is more minimal and neutral and all of these things you want to make sure that the two actually marry together you don't want to be clashing everywhere because you'll just confuse your clients essentially you want to make things as easy to take in as possible you don't want to make their lives overwhelming and confused because I've definitely seen that happen on that point another another thing I see is placing your headings on a single web page all as heading one rather than using Mm. the hierarchy of heading one heading two heading three because I think we get into this headspace of oh this heading is important I'm going to make it heading one this is really important I'm going to make it heading one when in reality your heading one is there to tell Google what your website page is about it's not a stylistic feature which I think is a thing that we probably think when we're DIYing a website absolutely I did that I did that before I learned about SEO and I was like oh whoops like I was just like oh this this one's a pretty size I'll do that like I (laughs) I did not think about it at all and the, the thing that I saw was literally like there should be one h1 heading 
for the whole yeah. for that whole page. That's it. And after I learned that, I was like, oh crap, I better go <laughs> fix everything. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's so important in your blog posts and stuff as well, like to keep that. So if you're writing a blog post, the post title will be the H1, won't it? On that, that will be. So you don't have to make it the H1. It will automatically Mm. be that. So any heading you put in a blog post will be H2 or H3 and keep it, like you said, as a hierarchy. So H2 and then if you're making a a sub point within that H3 and et cetera, and then back out to H2. Yeah, it's so much more important than we think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I think... I think, yeah, we do see it as a stylistic feature, but really you can just restyle your H2s and H3s to look exactly like your H1s if you want to, but just making sure that they are tagged as the right thing in the back end will save you so much of a headache later on down the yeah. line, especially when you're really trying to make your SEO better than it can be. Actually, something that I love about the new Squarespace websites, I absolutely love that in those ones you can do different size paragraph texts. So oh, if yeah. you do if you do want to emphasize something but it's not enough to have a heading. So in a sales page, for example, mm-hmm. um, if you want to emphasize a particular paragraph as an introductory thing, but it's not worthy of a headline having those different paragraph styles um, to make them bigger and smaller is such a good tool. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that because I'm on 7.02 and I'm like, I need to move to 7.1. <laughs> yeah, it's, but then, yeah, it, oh, it's not an easy process to move and that's a whole other that's story. Whole other and I'm just story. like, oh, one day maybe I'll do it. No, I don't know, maybe. That just seems like a headache. Um, yeah. Do you have a final pet peeve? I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well there's, there's quite a few but I think the biggest one is using Linktree if you've already got a good functioning website in place as you're essentially giving your beautiful precious website traffic to a third party app when really you can create the same thing on a page on your website and it will do the exact same thing that Linktree does so stop using Linktree create your own page <laughs> <laughs> so with that um again Squarespace, you can create, well, in the old, in in the um, 7.0 that we're on, you can create a cover page, which is what I've got, and have like a photo and some links. I think that in the newest version, I don't think you can do a cover page, but you can easily create a page and put some buttons on there and direct people to different parts of your website or to a particular offer that you're selling or yeah, exactly. your mailing list and, and things like that. So yeah. yeah, it again, it's one of those things that you're like, Oh yeah, I'll do that one day, but like just take an hour or two hours and yeah. sit down and do it. And then once it's done, it's done. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it since after that. Um, so to wrap up with, I usually like to end on like your top three tips for, so if we, just sum up everything we've said three tips for Mm -hmm. DIY websites what would they be oh gosh okay (laughs) so tip one I would say don't jump straight into the visuals have a goal in mind for your website before you get sucked into the rabbit hole that is colors fonts how pages look etc etc and remember that you do need to create content to put on your website is not going to magically appear for you so you really want to understand what the whole aim of your website is whether it's to whether it's for people to book a call buy a product etc etc you want to make sure that 
you understand what the purpose is of your website and make sure that everything aligns with that purpose. Second tip, don't be afraid to use templates as a stepping stone when you're starting out or if you just want a quick refresh but you can't afford to invest in a designer, definitely make use of templates if you want to. Make sure that you've got some simple branding in place, whether it's just a simple text logo, a few colors, fonts, make sure, again, they make sure that they all align to the brand that you want to express to the world, essentially. And thirdly, treat your website like a work in progress. Websites are never finished. Websites are never perfect. <laughs> just take that imperfect action as much, as much as possible and just ensure that your website is working for you and not against you. I love that. That is such a good note to end on. That is wonderful. Um, and finally... I would love to hear about how, you know, we can work with you. What sort of stuff are you able to help people with and how can people find you and follow you online? Oh, so you can find me at dmarsdesigns.com, dmarsdesigns on Instagram. At the moment, I am booking VIP design days where you can essentially step off the DIY struggle bus if it's just feeling too overwhelming for you. Um, Book me for a whole day and get all your design tasks done within that allotted amount of time. Um, I've done it with a few previous clients and they've all really valued the process of just being able to, again, take that imperfect action and just get the shit done <laughs> just <laughs> off their plate so they can focus on other bits in their business that they actually want to focus on. And within that, we can work on getting a template set up, designing sales pages, uh, creating a small website to get you up and running if you don't want to use a template, refreshing the layout of existing pages. There's so much possibilities and it's never... A cookie cutter process is always depending on what your needs actually are. Oh, wonderful. And all the information for those is on my website. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been so helpful, packed full of tips. And of course, if you would like to, if you've been listening to this and you make some changes and you, I, we would love to hear about it if it's inspired yes. you to take that action. So please, you know, tag us in your stories. Let us know what you're doing and what you found most helpful from this. We would be so excited to cheer you on. Thank you again, Dominique, for joining me on Content Etc. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at word by word storytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.